Hello, I am Donna Freeman, the founder of Yoga in My School, and this is the Yoga in My School podcast. I appreciate you coming and having a listen. Thank you for your likes, your shares, your comments, and your ratings. It truly is a blessing as it helps others to find us. The purpose of the Yoga in My School podcast is to empower you to share yoga and mindfulness with youth. Through the archives and this episode in particular, I know that you will receive inspiration, knowledge, and tools to help you do so. We also are big fans of building community, and we love finding people who are doing amazing things in the kids' yoga community worldwide. So if you know of someone, or maybe you are someone, who are doing something incredible and you'd like to share it, feel free to reach out. You can email me, Donna, at yoganmyschool.com with ideas for upcoming episodes. Appreciate you listening. Have a wonderful day, and enjoy this episode. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Yoga in My School's Blog Talk Radio Show. My name is Donna Freeman, the founder of Yoga in My School, and I'm here today with our episode, Yoga for Teenagers. Our guest today is a lady who has dedicated much of her life to bringing yoga to teens. She is the founder of Yoga Minded, Christy Brock. Hello, Christy. Hi, Donna. It's a pleasure to have you with us. Thanks for joining. Yes, you're welcome. So a lot of people are a little bit hesitant, (laughs) let's just say, um, when it comes to teaching teenagers. So how... Okay, like, let's get right into this. Let's address people's fears right off the bat. What do you think holds people back from teaching teenagers and, and putting themselves out there in front of these very <laughs> rambunctious and whatever kids? They're, they're great, yeah, I, think, I think, but a lot of people are scared. You said it. Just that they, they can be wild. They can be wild when they, when they get together especially. So if you've confronted a group of them, they're just going to put it all out there on the table in the best and the worst possible way. So um, it's understandable to be quite leery of, of how to handle them. And I just relate to the to the question totally because I myself um, just was blown away the first time I was asked to teach, oh, can you just sub this class for me of middle schoolers? And I thought, sure, I, I'd be happy to. And I went in there and just, there was massive disruption and momentary attention spans. And (laughs) it was just pandemonium mixed with moments of great significance. And it was those moments that really drew me in um, to want to learn how to handle this group. I mean, they they literally fried me in the frying pan. And uh, from that day forward, I was so interested in what it took to teach these teenagers um, and then and what I learned is that you can learn. Uh, you can learn how to handle them. And I met uh, Jennifer Lightsey when I moved to Nashville for a year, and we engaged in the most interesting dialogue of what it takes to reach teenagers. She was pregnant in the time, and uh, I took over her classes at a private school, University of Nashville, and that entered the dialogue between the two of us 
And it got to be so interesting that I just looked at her one day and said, we, we've really got to share this. So that's when we decided to write a book, which is in large part managing teenagers and, and figuring out what appeals to them. And it, it, it's a skill that can be can be learned. Oh, that's good because they're they they need mentors and they and I really really think that they need yoga in their lives. Would um, you believe that's the next thing I was going to say? I just didn't want to ramble on for too long. Is that this next generation really needs us? So you know, if you care about the the planet and the future of our um, world, you know, you you might care to to contribute in the life of a teenager. Mm-hmm. Exactly, they really are the future. Yeah, and now can I just take one moment and pause for a second because I sound, I sound horrible, and I just want to tell the listeners that um, I'm suffering from sinus sinus deal, and I it ravaged my throat and my sinus cavities last night, so I sound I sound pretty pretty bad, and um, just wanted to put that out there. Okay, well we appreciate you. Uh... You are suffering through for us and sharing your your insights and your expertise because uh, you you uh, are definitely considered one of the the go to people for yoga for teens. You've got uh, a extensive background and we're we're excited to uh, to pick your brain for a little bit. Good. Well, I'm just highly motivated to to share what I've learned because um, I, I I like you sort of feel that calling that more adults need to be in teens' lives. So how did you come to teen yoga? You obviously, you know, as you said, you were asked to sub, but what came before that? Like, what's your yoga background, and how did you arrive well, at where you are today? See. I'd say um, the short answer to that one is that I was wound up pretty tight in a high achievement um, sort of path in life, and I had gotten myself up to the um, – the great ivory tower of investment banking working on 60 Wall Street. And it was a great experience, and it was not touching my soul. So uh, I I knew I needed to get out once I arrived. And I was was wound up pretty pretty well in in how to you know achieve and get A's and and um getting the best job that's out there and so forth. So when I when I discovered yoga it was actually and this is this is total truth, a video. And it was Eric Schiffman's moving into stillness video, which mm-hmm. I did about three hundred and fifty times <laughs> uh before work and, and also Patricia Walden's um flexibility. So I had these two videos and I was an athlete at the time in this high stress job and I was so I know the effects of working out but the effects of yoga were profound just so so profound for me of how I felt the entire work day I just had this background level of um of calm and poise that I I had never experienced before so it was so intriguing to me that when I finally did leave um banking I looked for yoga teacher and and found one and uh in my high achievement way I sort of put my entire life into learning about it and um that was well spent because now I have this resource of of those years um to tap into so learned from the best teachers and so forth um so does that answer the question I don't want to go too Yeah no that's great 
I yeah. find uh, people's background really shapes who they become, of course. And mm. so hearing hearing where you're coming from it adds a lot to uh, to who you are and what you have to say. Right. So thank you for sharing. Um, so we know a lot of yoga teachers teach adults, and that's kind of what, when you do your yoga teacher training, that's what you're trained to teach. And then you have people who specialize and take some kid uh, kid teacher training and teach uh, children. But teaching teenagers is different. Can you kind of explain how it's different and some of the considerations that um, the instructor needs to have in mind before they walk into a teen class? I'm going to give it a shot um, because <laughs> it's it's a big question. But, you know, being prepared in the classroom with who you are going to teach I think is a big thing. I, I, I have a four-year-old daughter, and I wanted to teach her age group yoga, and I've done it before, but I went to a training. It helped me tremendously to sort of get in the mindset of a four-year-old. And so it, with kids, you know, stories and songs and make-believe, I mean, it's just wonderful to work with, with kids. And adults, I've been, um, you know, I've been teaching adults for 15 years, and they're so, my experience usually is that they are, they're so agreeable, and they can get to a self-reflective and quiet place through yogi, even if they've never in their whole life, you just sort of direct them into a, a quieting pose and boom, they're there. I think teens are, are somewhere in the middle. So they um, they can get to a place of focused awareness without a doubt. And uh, it's really important you, you know that if you're going in to teach them. But they also enjoy, they vacillate back into that sense of play that um, – you know, that comes from being a kid, of which it wasn't so long ago that that they were a kid. So they're somewhere in the middle. But what I think it takes to teach them, or how is it, how it's different, is that there's this sense of handling the classroom becomes really important with teenagers because they're they're sort of, um, you have to gain their trust, and they're going to test you, uh, sort of like being the substitute teacher Mm -hmm. in in a normal subject. Um, because when it works, once you have their trust, it's such a wonderful exchange. You know, they they do want to learn, but the, you know, you're going to have to earn their uh, their willingness to listen, and that takes um, that takes a blend of projection and receptivity, I believe. Um, I could tell you a short story on that one. Should I? Yes, please. Well, I mean, just in the early in the early days of me introducing yoga to teenagers, I was just so highly motivated. I, I still I still am, but I would go to this PE class and say, "Hey, do you guys want to learn yoga?" And uh, they were like, "Yeah, but you're not going to come in and boss us around." Something to that effect, like tell us, you know, your entire agenda, are you? And the way I took that, it was sort of like a wake-up call because I sort of did have an agenda. I wanted to show I wanted to share yoga with them. But I think we have to be really careful about there's so much for you to learn and I'm the one to teach you. It, it, that's not going to work. You sort of mm-hmm. need to come in with, with uh, a level of receptivity. So the projection, your enthusiasm is great. They're going to be drawn to it. But if it doesn't have receptivity and you know to balance like hey you you're there to learn about them 
and to see what's going on in their lives. You, you sort of need to have that willingness, um, and that's very unlike adults, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to cut myself off. <laughs> yeah, I think I heard a you know a, a quote once when you working with teens. Uh, teens don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. Mm. And I think that's very true. Yes, uh, that's that's a wonderful way to sum it up. Because they so, pick up on they pick up on your intention without a doubt. Oh, for sure, and they'll call you on it. <laughs> and I find that refreshing. I find that very refreshing. So you've been doing this for quite a while. Um, you know, how long have you been teaching yoga to teens? Um, since '98. So, what is that? Three, uh, twelve years? Thirteen? Twelve? Yeah. Yeah. So, in that time, have you noticed a change from the number of teens that were interested in yoga and who had already tried yoga and stuff to today? You know, my experience has been, my direct experience has been that teenagers are willing and open to try yoga. They were in 1998. They are in 2011. Um, I think what's changed is there's more adults vested in bringing (laughs) yoga to teens. So, um, like, I've been asked, like a mom will organize um, a yoga teacher to come in, and this is just my personal example here, to teach their soccer team. Once Mm -hmm. every two weeks we're going to have yoga instead of soccer. You know, the track coaches bringing in yoga to supplement. In schools, I think more adults are vested in in bringing it to teens, which which is wonderful. Um, But, you know, I've always found that when I bring yoga to teenagers – they are open and willing to do it. So it's hard to gauge because it's the ones that are in front of me versus sort of the bigger picture. I think you have less obstacles to bring, you know, for an adult to bring yoga to teens. So that's, in that sense, it's grown because um, I think it has more of a a climate of, of receptivity for adults and even a vested interest. So more of a societal change as, as yoga grows in, in prevalence society-wise, um, then more teens are obviously exposed to it and have experience with it. Yeah, because if you're going in to teach a class, um, you know, okay, you're going into a PE class, you're going into a uh, a yoga studio with a class for teenagers. If you're you're going into, um, you know, a regular class, a uh, school, and they want to learn yoga for study habits. You're going into a shelter to offer um, yoga to troubled youth. All these scenarios, the same willingness to do and try yoga is there. I think teen- teenagers pick up on your in- intention, and, you know, when they figure out this lady wants to have, sort of correct me up when you call me a lady because that always that always sort of kind of touches me when the teenagers call me that too. But I guess I am a lady. Um, you know, this lady's coming in and she wants to teach us something. And is she is she somebody I want to learn from? I think that's sort of their the the biggest impulse of whether they're going to try it or not is if they're mm-hmm. drawn to you. 
And if you can make that part happen, there I don't think it even is reflective of the of the greater society. Um, they're sort of willing to do it because yoga is just what is it? It's moving, you know, your body, your breath. Who could who could not want to do that? I'm I'm sort of fascinated by anybody who's resisting um, that, and I invite them to um, experience themselves. I guess is is kind of how I teach. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a real, something that really resonates with teens to experience themselves because they're doing a lot of self questioning and discovery. And how can yoga assist with that? With the questions, you know, self-discovery, is that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, the questions of, you know, who am I? Who am I? I mean, I remember one of my yoga teachers, Richard Rosen, would always come back to that, you know, deep in a deep in pranayama practice. Just who am I? And that's the that's the fundamental question in yoga, and I think what you what you find is that who am I is constantly changing. So when teenagers are um, stuck in an emotional state or fixated on on something in their life, you know, a, a crush or some reaction of a friend in school, it, it I remember being totally fixated as a teenager. And what happens is when you start to do yoga, you start to appreciate and observe the fleeting nature of things, that things come and go, that this pose is hard for me today and it wasn't yesterday or I could balance then and now I can't. So that notion of things changing is actually quite a relief and, and brings you into, um, you know, the the way to live life, which is moment by moment. So in that sense, um, yoga helps with these questions tremendously. Who am I? Why am I here? And these discoveries um, that I'm not my emotions. You know, I'm not my anger. My anger changes because my anger can be calm too. So when they experience this firsthand in yoga, it can be really, it can be really eye-opening. Um, but I would, I would segue there too and say that. Um, yoga might not be the answer. So when mm-hmm. a lot of times people go into schools, they might meet res- with resistance. I hear about this. Um, no, we're a Catholic school. We don't bring uh, yoga in. Or you'll have one parent object. Um, and, and that's not entirely true. I've got a Catholic school around the corner that tried to um, you know, needed to bring me in to teach yoga. So I'm not saying that across the board but you just hear these little you know one parent objective because objected on grounds of religion and i just think that's super important to put out there that yoga is not a religion i think it can be followed that way um you know when you look at um the sadhus and people in india that are are taking this uh, all the way to the eighth limb of yoga but when we're bringing it to teenagers i'm not bringing it with that intention i'm bringing it with this is a healthy practice of self-care that i want you to know about and i i I actually i personally decided that i'm um i'm going to wear a cross or i do wear a small cross when i teach yoga so it's just sort of a subtle thing that mm, there's different, you know, this is my answer uh, mm-hmm. or for religion. And and I clearly put it out there because the kids, will, they'll ask you too, you know, is yoga a religion? And I just say it's not. 
Yeah. And I think it's important to model that. Exactly, but what I like, what I really like about a yoga class, especially for teens, is it allows them some quiet times for that self-reflection, which they don't often get in their, you know, busy, busy world. So important, so important, and I think that self-reflection, what it does for a teenager, is it weights more themselves as opposed to their peers. So. The you know that's the nature of being a teenager. You care what your your friends are doing, and it's a beautiful thing if you look at teenagers relating to each other and best friends giggling, and uh, they they really enjoy each other so much, and that is just priceless, and it's such a treasure to observe. When we introduce the quiet time, when we introduce um, you know a time of no judgment, a time of just simply observing yourself, now you're also waiting, you know, waiting, W-E-I-G-H-T-I-N-G, you're waiting the importance of your relationship with yourself too. So that becomes a healthy balance of power, so to speak. Like when you're making uh, decisions as a teenager, you're going to also wait, um, you know, your intuition. And it's not going to all be about your your peers and what they're thinking. So I totally agree with you on that one, that this the idea of self-reflection um, that you experience when you do yoga, it, it's a subtle thing, but it gives you more uh, inner strength, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, because those peers sometimes fade away as you go on, and you really have to stand on your own two feet, and I think yoga allows uh, teens to to find out what they're prepared to stand up for and who they are and, and where they're going. Yeah, that that place of self-trust. I, and that's what I really resonate when I look back at my teen years. You know, what would have happened had I, um, you know, trusted more in, my, in, in myself and valued myself more? So I think that's absolutely um, a fundamental um, thing that's happening with them. Now, another thing that's really typical of teens is they get very clicky. You've got the jocks and the nerds and the slackers and the rebels, and, like, everybody's got their little label in high school. How can yoga or can yoga meet the needs of all these different groups and help to bridge their differences? Well, I think yoga is just the great equalizer by its very nature because you're saying... Typically, you have a sticky mat. Um, even if you don't, you're going to encourage a a sort of a, a mindset of self-reflection. So the teacher's job is sort of take those things off the table because who you came in being, uh, you know, or what you're concerned with right now, let's put that down. Let's breathe. Let's move and pay attention to our breath. So by its very nature, you ask teens to do that, you ask anybody to do that. You know, it's such a relief to to step outside of the roles you play and simply to enjoy your breathing and discover your body and how it moves. And so I think a teacher's role is to constantly bring attention back to that and to encourage a uh, 
a self-reflective state, a non-judgmental place. And so by its very nature, it equalizes those sort of cliques and those groups. And, you know, I I don't mind if uh, two students are, are, are giggling and, and nudging each other, but when it gets to the point where it's it's taking away from other students having their experience, I'm going to call it out. And I'm not going to call it out like, you're wrong, stop doing that. I'm going to call it out into the sense of, I'm so glad you're enjoying each other. It's a beautiful thing to watch. But what's happening is your neighbors aren't able to enjoy their shavasana. So you're sort of calling out respect for for others. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I just think by its very nature, yoga does harmonize uh, and, and and pull pull teens out of their cliques because now all of a sudden it's not about what you're wearing, it's not about who your friends are, it's only about you paying attention to your body and your breath right now. Mm-hmm. So it's a little reprieve. Yeah. Let's just step away and be who we are, genuinely. Mm, mm-hmm. So I want to just kind of switch things up a little bit because we're kind of, uh, we've only got about five minutes left. And I want to leave the teen thing for a second. But before we do, one last teen-related question. What do you feel is the greatest contribution yoga can make in a teenager's life? Okay, this one you could I could go off in a hundred ways. I'm going to try to make make it succinct though, because there are so many contributions. How to renew yourself? It's a system of self care, managing your stress, managing your emotions. You're developing the skill of awareness, of focus, of self reflection. It opens your body to blossom into a healthy, powerful adult. The postures, every single one has powerful healing uh, ability. But when I come down to what is the single greatest contribution yoga can make to a teenager's life, I come back to what it does for me and what I hope I'm passing along to others is that it helps you find gratitude and compassion so to be able to find gratitude your whole life in every moment there's nothing more nothing more powerful than that to be a grateful um and compassionate person and that's lovely i uh, i really like that cuz if you take that through the rest of your life then you're well grounded and and you're able to reach out to others. Yes, I mean I just come back to that for my own uh practice again and again. I I love what the postures do for me. I the practice of yoga is so meaningful. The end of the day, why do I do it? Um and it's that shift in attitude. It's um the ability to genuinely genuinely feel grateful and content. Now I'm a now I'm a different human being. I'm a compassionate person, and that's the person I like to be. Wonderful. So we're going to end with two minutes with Christy Brock. Okay, this is where we're going to do. I'm going to throw some questions at you. They're kind of quirky little things. Get to know kind of the the person 
behind the mat, behind the yoga talk. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So, let's start with what's your favorite Dr. Seuss book? Green Eggs and Ham. <laughs> Classic. That's, you I mean, because you don't think you like something. <laughs> um, not listening. People, um, somebody that's not listening. That's my pet peeve. Which high school did you attend? And where first is it? Colonial, first Colonial High School, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Public high school, 482 students. <laughs> in my class, in my class. Okay. Uh, fruits or vegetables? Which do you prefer? Vegetables. Vegetables, vegetables, vegetables. Love them. Can't get enough of them. They are my friend. They should be everybody's friend. Um Really important that we eat ten times more than you think you should. Mm-hmm. Juice them, eat them, make them the center of your meal. <laughs> okay. Love that it. being yeah. said, which vegetable do you resemble? Oh dear, that I resemble, or that you know reflects your personality or <laughs> something about you. <laughs> All right, that's gonna that's gonna change on every day. I just guess I'll have to say an avocado because. Oh. They're so tasty, and they don't look so appealing on the outside, but you get to know them a little bit, and you're like, wow, there's a lot here. There's so much you can do with it. So I think I'm pretty malleable and um, able to go with a lot of a lot of things. There you go. What was your favorite subject in school? Math. I was really good at math. I enjoyed it. And your personal bliss? Surfing. Being in, the, <laughs> being in the ocean. Yeah, I mean, for me, surfing is being in the ocean. And when I catch a wave, that's just a bonus on top of it. But I started surfing seriously when I was 35. And um, it is, uh, it's why I'm in Southern California. And it is um, it's my personal bliss. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. I really appreciate uh, your time and your expertise. Oh, you're so welcome, Donna. I hope this I hope this means more people will be intrigued with teaching teenagers and be um, be interested in that. Oh, so do I. I. You know, like I said earlier, they need it and they need they people really to step up to the plate and and be prepared to teach them and teach them well. So yeah, that's what it's, this is a a, a calling. We need more role models. We need more good yoga teachers. And um, our, uh, we've got the book and the training to help you if um, if you're a person who wants to take this take this on. All right. So if you're interested in learning more about Yoga for Teenagers, please visit yogaminded.com. Thank you, Christy. I hope you Thank get feeling you, better. Yeah, I already feel better. See, so you, you start talking about things bigger than yourself and, you, and you'll feel better. <laughs> Okay. Have a wonderful day. Okay, you too, Donna. This has been Yoga for Teenagers with our special guest, Christy Brock, the founder of Yoga Minded. My name is Donna Freeman. If you're interested in learning more about teaching yoga to kids and teens, please visit yogainmyschool.com. You can find us on Facebook as well as on Twitter, my name is at Donna K. Freeman. 
Also, you can check us out on YouTube. Just type in Yoga in My School and all kinds of fantastic videos will be there for your enjoyment. Have a wonderful day. Please teach a teenager today something about yoga, something about mindful living, something about connecting with themselves. Namaste.